0: This is a True Foundations podcast. Real time, real life, real answers. Well, we're continuing on, and we're in Revelation chapter 3. I'm going to read about the letters of Sardis. It's fairly straightforward, but I want you to think about this, because like everyone, hey, have you got an ear to ear? That's, that's always the case. The ones we've looked at so far, they've contained some different things. Heresy, immorality, some other stuff going on. Uh, and not always easy to hear, but nevertheless, uh, pretty clear. This one, it's a bit different. Uh, we need a lot of wisdom to have an ear-to-ear with this, particularly, because it's not self-evident. Uh, and that makes it more difficult, doesn't it? If it's self-evident, it's self-evident, you know that's if you're listening this is not self evident we need to we need to read it and we we need to listen what god has to say because again we we need to measure ourselves whether it's corporate or individual we need to measure ourselves that's why god inspired this great man john to write these down for all the church for all time to listen to the message and for this we need a lot of wisdom to the angel well by now we know is the messenger at the church in this right the one who has the seven spirits of god and the seven stars says i know your works you have a reputation for being alive but you are dead Be alert and strengthen what remains which is about to die. For I have not found your works complete before my God. Remember therefore what you have received and heard. Keep it and repent. But if you are not alert, I will come like a thief. And you have no idea at what hour I will come against you. But you have a few people in Sardis who have not defiled their clothes. They will walk with me in white because they are worthy. In the same way, the victor will be dressed in white clothes. I will never erase his name from the book of life, but will acknowledge his name before my father and before his angels. Anyone who has an ear should listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. Now, Sardis was an extremely wealthy, successful place. It was built because... Its situation was virtually impregnable. And yet, in history, there were a couple of occasions when uh, enemy forces found a way in. Uh, and the reason was that the soldiers who guarded the city, they, they thought, oh, they were impregnable. No one can get in. Uh, and they were so comfortable, The place was wealthy. Life was easy. And so they were careless. And when an enemy came, they did not expect it. And they were found wanting. And the city was taken. That's the background of Sardis. Now Sardis was, again, it was a pagan city. They worshipped a goddess called Sibeli. And she was one of those goddesses that was reckoned to be like the mother of the gods. So... That's messed up, isn't it? Anyway, that's that's their belief system. So, as he writes, he's writing about an explanation of of God, the risen and Christ, and how he works amongst the churches, and in particular, the is. The one who has the seven spirits of God. So it's talking about the Holy Spirit. God who is the spirit of God. But he is being shown as being complete. The spirit of God is not less than. He is. He is complete. And he's searching out this church. In this careless, careless, wealthy, successful city. He's searching them out. And it seems that this church was, uh, well, it had a reputation. Now, you can have a good reputation you can have a bad reputation. But it seems that this church had a reputation of being wealthy, probably large, successful. And life was easy for them. In most cases, there was much persecution at different times. But life was easy for them. And Christ looks at this church and he sees it for what it is. And he gets to the heart of the matter. Aye, you think you are. You have this reputation, but you're careless. He's not even saying you're immoral. He doesn't say you have embraced the pagan culture and you have some terrible heresy. does not say any of that. He says, you think you've got a name for yourself, but actually, I see you for what you really are. And this is what he has to say. You think you're full of life. I don't know the dynamics of this church. The dynamics of a church in this day would be somewhat different from in our day. I think that music was different. (laughs) For example... They didn't have a sound system. That's a double-edged sword. They didn't have that. I I don't know how they conducted their services. Difficult to say. But somehow, they put it out there that that they were full of life. But Jesus said, you're dead. Now, we need a lot of wisdom. Because the message needs to be heard, especially by churches and individuals who think they have this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful reputation of being we are full of life kind of Christians. But from God's point of view, they're not. They're the opposite, they did. So there's something about superficiality about them. Oh, that takes wisdom to discern. You can look out there. Maybe you've been part of a situation and this the church is well off. It's it's growing. It does all kinds of stuff. It's full of life. The music is brilliant. And all the rest of oh, this is wonderful. But God looks at it and says, it's all superficial. It is not the reality. Your reputation is not deserved. You're dead. Now, why we need wisdom in that it's because you cannot look out and say, oh, well, look at that group of Christians. Look at them. They're doing all this, that, and the other, and the whole thing. And then immediately say, well, they must be dead, really. You can't say that because you don't know. They might not be. They might be doing everything that God has asked them to do, and they might be doing it well. So to make the judgment, you need a lot of wisdom. And it's, the truth is the same for the individual. You need a lot of wisdom. Things are not always what they seem sometimes they are you see that's very difficult, but things are not always what they seem but Jesus sees it all and he sees it accurately so there they are they're living in ease I have wealth, and there's stuff happening so they feel we've made it we've made it. What a great church we are. What a great individual I am. But God says otherwise. Uh, And so he says, what you need to do, you need to to sharpen up your act. You need to be alert. The city itself was not alert when the attacks came. And and the church was not alert because something was about to happen uh, and it was going to be God's doing in some way or other. I'm going to come. You watch out. They needed to be alert. We all need to be alert. Strengthen what remains. So he actually sees them as being weak. If If you're not careful, even the remnants of what you have, which are commendable, they're going to be gone. The problem, the basic problem, the problem at heart with them is this. The whole thing was superficial. I've not found your words complete before God. See, that's the problem. It's so they they are posturing all this stuff. They feel good about themselves, but the works. You've got to question why they're doing it, really. Because they don't complete any of it. They lack. They don't see it through. There's lots of stuff that's put out there. Oh yeah, we do this, we do it, oh, we're going to do this, but actually when it comes down to it, they never, they never see it through. Some people are like that. They have a lot to say for themselves. Oh, I've been doing this, I've been doing that, I'm going to do this. But actually, they some of them don't even start, but some do, they start it, but then, ah, uh, well. As if somehow it's enough just to say, this is who we are, this is what we do. But God can see all that. And when he, he measures it, he measures it against all these other situations that were full of idolatry. They were full of sexual immorality. They were full of heresy. And he doesn't say they're any better than any of them, which is not easy to hear because they think they've got it right. And God, he looks at that and he says, you're pretentious. You got it wrong. There's some things at the heart of the matter, if you will, you need to strengthen because if you don't, you're finished. This is the way that God looks. Uh, And remember this, God is good. God is true. His desire is to show mercy in order that all of his people can come and say, Lord, we messed up here. Lord, Lord, what do we need to do to get right back on track? See, I don't think they'd they'd really abandoned uh, their doctrinal foundation. There's no evidence of that. But they didn't really live in it. They might have had it listed somewhere on the wall, right? We believed it. I don't know if they did that in those days. But we believe this. We believe that. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's fine. That's good. But actually, when it came down to it, they didn't live it. They never saw it through uh, to a completion so that it could have the true result that God requires from his people. Remember what you've received. You see, Jesus is helping them along here. He's giving them a chance. It's mercy. Remember what you receive. They receive good things. Remember them, but don't just remember them. Repent so that you can put away all this other stuff. Repentance is always at the heart of the matter, isn't it? That's what God requires. And it makes sense because how can you really uh, return to that right foundation if you've strayed or you've not worked it through uh, to to the direction it should take you? The only way back is to repent of it. But if you don't, if you dismiss this, and they have a tendency to do that because they're not alert, it's strange really because here they are, They've got this reputation, so they they obviously have some way of getting the message out there. Uh, They they must have somehow um, presented themselves as being, well, you know, look at us. We are a church. We're successful. We do this and we do that. Look, we're wealthy. Look how many we've got. Look at what we're doing. So they must have had a way of doing that. But go back to your true foundations, and in order to discover the power of them, repent. Now they can move forward. They're kind of passive in a way, which is strange for for a church like that. How could that be passive? But in a way, they are passive in the outworking of their salvation. If you're not alert, this is what's going to happen to you. It'll be the same thing that's happened to the city in days gone by. Something comes in and they lose their control of the city. So if you're not alert, If you're not heeding the message, if you have not gone to the core of the problem, you need to be careful here because I'll come. And I'll come when you don't expect it. See, that's the thing. If you're alert, you kind of always expect it. You don't necessarily live under the power of it, but it means you're being wise. You're being informed. You're preparing yourself. You're in readiness. I'll come like a thief. You have no idea. Now that's the mercy of God. It's a proper warning. Because that's the way it's going to be. You have no idea. You think it's going to go your way. But it's not. But then he says this. Because when God sees all, he does see all. And he sees these here. You have a few. They've not defiled their clothes. You see, they're not dependent upon this uh, this outward reputation. But they walk in the purity of their relationship with God. They hold true to the things that God requires. They live it out. It's their reality. And he says, you'll walk with me in white. In other words, their lifestyle has shown that they are worthy to walk near to him. And maybe even in this, there's a little bit of of harping back uh, to the days when Adam and Eve walked in the garden and God came to them and he walked with them. And it's a precious, precious vision of the closeness of the true Christian. They are called victors. Now, if they were few in the church, I think they would largely be ignored because they weren't like the whole, but there they were, and God says, "You can draw close, you will be the victors and and what, he's, what he says next is not an issue of, of the theology of the security of salvation. It's about assurance. He wants to say to them, look, here you are. There's only a few of you. You're not like the whole. Maybe you're feeling a bit lonely in that. Maybe it's somehow you're feeling uh, you're not well received. You're not accepted. You've been marginalized. Maybe they feel like that. They need to hear something from the voice of God himself. He says, look, you're secure. Absolutely secure. You can rest in that. But as to those who have not repented, he's saying, don't dare feel secure. They have not gained assurance. Assurance comes from a place of of really being in that right relationship with God. I, I think any Christian uh, that has chosen a different way, that, that this way that um, is false and superficial, they actually have no right to feel assurance. Whether they are saved on the day or not is not the issue. They have no right to their assurance. They need to feel uncomfortable. They need to feel, am I really saved? They need to feel that so that they can know the assurance. The few are not acknowledged. They are not part of the general situation. They feel somewhat excluded. God has a word for them. I'll acknowledge you. Now, what else could you need? We don't need the applaud of whoever in this life, but the knowledge that God says, You're mine. I will acknowledge you. And it's like that smile of God again that comes. I will acknowledge you. That's really strengthening. That is just so affirming. It's the voice that every true believer needs to hear. And in that, there is such encouragement to continue on. Right through to the completion that God has for every true believer. And God's acknowledgement is not going to be a secret affair. See, if they feel as if somehow they've been pushed to the side, maybe they've been looked down upon, because of the way they live and are. The message to the church came to the messenger of the church, the guy who is the senior guy in the church. But the acknowledgement is not just for down here. The acknowledgement is before all of God's messengers, angels, the angelic uh, the whole angelic host of God. He takes it from just this earth and he makes it into eternity. See, that's how strong and powerful it is. That's what God has for his faithful. And it is really uh, for us to choose where we stand in that. And if we can come and be faithful and ask for the grace of God to help us walk this journey, and walk it well to the completion, then God is pleased and we are absolutely affirmed. This is what we need to hear, but we really do need wisdom because we dare not presume. Amen. Thank you for joining us. True Foundations is headed by David J. Jones, a preacher and teacher of the Word of God. His passion is to help individual Christians discover their true identity in Christ and to learn how grace operates in their lives. Currently residing in Canada, he is taught in both North America and the UK and has listeners all over the world. If you have questions about anything you've heard today, please email us at info@truefoundations.ca. Or for more information on True Foundations resources, please visit our website at truefoundations.ca.